It's hump day once again. Welcome in everyone to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Wednesday, April 14th. And if you couldn't tell by the uh, thunder in the background of my audio, it is uh, not the best weather day here in New Orleans. Hope you are all staying safe, staying dry. Uh, I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Hello. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'll be joined shortly by my co-host John DeShazer. And on today's show, as always, we have a special guest joining us. It is Pat Swilling, who was drafted by the New Orleans Saints 35 years ago in the 1986 draft in the third round. He spent 1986 through 1992 with the New Orleans Saints. He was a member of the Dome Patrol. He was a five-time pro bowler, pro bowler, excuse me, all defensive player of the year in 1991, as well as a sack leader, two times all pro. If you're listening to this podcast, I probably do not need to introduce you to Pat Swilling, but nevertheless, he is here and he's going to talk to us a little bit about the draft 35 years ago. Pat, first of all, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Calvin. Hey, Pat, you know, obviously 35 years ago, but what do you remember from the draft process then as opposed to now? Because now it's a huge production, uh, completely televised. Uh, they break, broken it up into three days. What do you remember from your draft process? <laughs> I'll tell you what, John, it was nothing like this. I mean, you know, you know, now it's entertainment, but you know, I remember sitting at my brother's house, and and I'll be honest with you, John, the Saints were the last team that I expected to draft me. Um, I hadn't had much conversation with Jim Moore or Jim Fink or any of those guys. Um, I tell you what, I, I I just I was kind of surprised when they called. You know, where were you? to go in that draft. I mean, you know, third round, the Saints had three third round picks. You were the one, the middle third round pick, but where, did you go where you pretty much expected in terms of draft rounds? John, I really didn't. I mean, uh, everyone I talked to, we thought I'd be either second round or later pick in the first round with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I think had three or four picks there in the um, latter part of the second round. Uh, they took three linebackers. They took Kevin Murphy, they took Jackie, um, where's Jackie from? I think um, North Carolina, one of the, um, uh, let's see, he was, he was one of the HBCUs. Uh, I can't think of the the, the, um, the team, I mean, that he played for in college. But they took two or three linebackers. I remember Kevin Murphy from Oklahoma because we, we all got to be good friends. But, um, no, um, I was disappointed. I, I thought at least I'd wind up in the second round, but uh, it worked out well to wind up, at, you know, in the first, I mean, the third round and uh, – uh, wind up on the other side of Ricky Jackson. Tell you what, it worked out great. 76 and a half sacks um, in Saints history. You have a tie for the for the single most um, for the most sacks in a single season, 17, you and Leroy Glover. You're alone in second place with 16 and a half sacks in the season. Did you come in expecting to be that rush linebacker, that rush in? Well, I really did because that's what I did in college. Uh, most people don't know I hold the NCAA record for the most sacks in the ball game, seven against North Carolina State. And um, in college, I think that year I had 16 or 17 that year, my, my senior year in college. So, um, you know, I I, I I knew I could play and I figured I could rush the passer. But, hey, hey, John, I got lucky. I wound up with one of the best players, you know, to ever play the game in Ricky Jackson. And he, and he taught me some nuances of the game. Oh, well, hey, it ain't all luck. If, you know, it ain't bragging if you got skill, Pat, and you obviously got skill. Well, 
but 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 it's hard, John, to wind up with a guy. You you know you you go play, and a lot of times either you're by yourself. But I got you know I got I think I got real lucky because um, yeah. you know me me and Ricky Jackson, I, I tell him all the time. Uh, I, I think I helped his career, especially the latter part, because Ricky had been in the league I think seven years when I got there. But you know I, I think I gave him that hunger again because when I started getting to the sacks, getting sacks, he was the only guy doing it in New Orleans. So now you got this young buck, and I'm practicing hard. He started practicing hard, and you know, I, I think it helped both of our careers. Yeah. Ben, how much, I guess, pride or, or do you look at it from a standpoint of you, Ricky, on Sam, you know, the whole Dome Patrol, Dome Patrol era kind of set the foundation of winning for this franchise? I know a lot of people think it just started in 2006, but, you know, a lot of times it gets dismissed what you guys were able to accomplish because the Saints had never won before you guys came along. So how much pride, I guess, do you think in setting that foundation uh, as it goes forward now? You know, it, it was a wonderful time for the city. And, it, and you know, we, we take a lot of pride. I mean, all the older guys, when I see Jim Wilkes and Rick and those guys, you know, and, and if you, you walk around town, you know, I, I get the same love I think I got when I played. I mean, people still love me here and, you know, they appreciate what we did. And, you know, I'll be somewhere and somebody will holler Dome Patrol. And, I mean, I'm talking about <laughs> this happens – you know, a lot doing during the months and almost every month. Somebody holler Dome Patrol, this or that. And, you know, we know that, you know, we won the first NFC West championship. And we like to think we started the culture of winning around here, here in New Orleans, because it wasn't here when I got here, you know. And um, we were hungry. I think the city was hungry for a winner. And we got lucky and got a great coach in Jim Moore and uh, Sid Well and those guys. And uh, it turned out well. But, I think most people in Louisiana and, and, and around the Gulf Coast knew, uh, know that back in that those days with the Dome Patrol and A-Bear and all Ironhead and those guys, that you know, we were the first to start this thing and we get it going in the right direction. Pat, I've talked to you before, but I've never asked you this. Do you have a Dome Patrol poster? <laughs> <laughs> I have quite a few of them. <laughs> it's funny you ask that. Um, that's one of the things that, I mean, you wouldn't believe the number of people who either call me, write me, or ask me for a Dome Patrol poster. And, and, and I, and I even, at the end of the day, my, 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 re, my response to that is, man, that thing's like gold. That, that, those things are gold. You can't find them anymore. Um, but, uh, I have quite a few of them. Pat, I want to go back real quick. I promise I'm here, but JD got so animated as soon as you got on the line. But uh, I want to go back just briefly to when you got drafted. You look at today's athletes who are drafted, some of them in robes, and you know, you said it's a whole entertainment thing. And then when they get to the facility, they kind of have a lot of things laid out for them. What was the process for like when you got drafted? What were were the next month, month and a half for you before you know a season preseason got started with the Saints? Well, back then, you know they they sent out a weight room workout. Uh, I had brief conversation with uh, I think Coach Sidwell, very brief. Other than that, man, I mean, other than that, we just Carl, we just I, I trained. I trained there in Atlanta, Georgia Tech, and I had a date I had to show up. And basically, you get here and you're bus from the uh, hotel. I mean, you bus from the airport over to what we call the barn that they had on, on uh, David Drive then. Uh, our facility at Georgia Tech was better than that barn that we had. And my mouth dropped when I got here. I couldn't believe the facilities were that bad. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what I remember 
coming into a barn or the facility on David Drive, and my mouth just dropped because I couldn't believe that a pro um, uh, football team has such terrible facilities. So that, that, that's what I remember. That, that, that was not a barn. That was an outhouse. That, <laughs> David Drive was awful. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was, tra- it was trailers. I remember that. It was trailers, and, it was, and I, I, too, looked at that and said, I cannot believe an NFL uh, franchise race out of this kind of facility. It was. I don't think I knew that. It was something to behold. It's just what it really was. was. You know, I I I had no idea uh, that an NFL team operated out of something like that. So it was it was a shock to everybody because I'm from Georgia, and so when I moved here, one of the first things I did, you know, covering the Saints, and I went out to the facility, and I was like, my God, a a team works out of this. So yeah, it was it was was a huge shock. But Pat, looking toward or looking at nowadays. How much would a, I guess, a pro day or something have benefited you? Would you have been interested in that kind of thing? Oh, without a doubt, John, because, listen, I worked out. John, I worked out for uh, damn near 25 to 26. I worked out for all the teams, man. A couple of those guys, the guy from Tampa Bay came to see me so much until every time he'd show up at the facility at Georgia Tech, they were like, well, you're looking for Pat. I mean, uh, I worked out for that guy. That's why I thought I was going to Tampa Bay. I bet I worked out and talked to him three, four, five times. But I would love to have a pro day instead of having them come to the facility at Georgia Tech. I mean, 25, 26 times I worked out for Bill Parcells. And that's another thing. John, I thought I was going. Bill Parcells came to see me probably three to four or five times. I mean, he came to see me himself, and we talked. Uh, He wanted me to play inside linebacker. Um, he had Lawrence at outside and he had Carl Banks and he needed the inside. If you remember in that draft, he took Pepper Johnson. Yeah. But I thought I was going there, but my point is a, a pro day would have been great because I mean, you get a chance to show your talents to everybody on one day. Um, all the pro players that you have that, that at Georgia Tech could have worked out as well. And they probably would have helped them as well as you, because I think, I think also it kind of pumps you up. You know, you get excited for the pro day. Um, so I think it's a good thing that they created. Yeah, Pat, do you, with the entire draft process, you know, the combine, the the pro days, the the draft itself, do you do you appreciate what it has become and do you enjoy seeing, you know, the, the recognition that these athletes get or are you more so like, oh man, these kids these days have it so easy? I'm sorry, Carolyn. It's hard. It's hard for me to, to not to say that they have it so easy. And I, you sit there and you watch, you watch this mess for three different day, three days, and you watch these guys, man. And then, and you know, you you try not to. And I know it may sound a little envious. I mean, because I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. I, I think all of us guys who were, who played or who thought we were pretty good would love to play in today's game. Right. Because this game is nothing but entertainment. And that's all I see when I watch the combine now. I mean, this thing lasts three to five days. I mean, it's just amazing. Hey, hey guys, let me tell you something. And I, I got to tell you guys this. When I went to the combine from Georgia Tech, we found out when we got there, there was a list of things that they're going to – we had no idea what to do with the combine. You got to understand <laughs> something. We didn't train for the combine. There, I mean, I had no idea. We always They gave us a list, 40 times this, they want to see you, uh, you got to do these reps. Look, me, Pepper Johnson, um, uh, Kevin Murphy, all these guys, all these top linebackers, we're in the hall room of the hotel working on 40 times in the hall room upstairs 
because nobody been working on it. I mean, we're working on stances, getting down, trying to figure out how we're going to run a 40 time because we didn't know. We didn't know. And that's, and um, I ran well. I mean, I ran real well. I ran like a four or five something. I, mean, I ran well. I mean, I was in great shape, but I, I always was a guy who was trained and, and stayed in shape. But, you know, we just had no idea, you know, what to expect. Wow. Well, Pat, looking ahead to this year's draft for the New Orleans Saints, uh, we have to talk, you, talk to you about this year's team. Uh, when they approach the draft here at the end of the month, what's something that you think they're going to keep an eye on if you know uh, if you can get inside the mind of Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis? Well, well guys, you know, when you, when you think about the Saints and what they do, you know, I, I keep hearing that they may draft a, uh, a quarterback, um, and I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, Drew is gone now. Uh, James is, is, is James has to prove himself. And, um, you know, I, I, I think everyone's still trying to figure out, you know, whether we need a quarterback in here or not, but knowing coach Payton, he likes speed. Um, you know, cornerbacks is always something to look at and wide receivers. He loves and covets good, uh, young receivers. And I'm all, I'm never surprised when he finds a gym out there or somebody like that, but, um, for his offense, you know, I, I think those are two positions when it comes down to cornerbacks, wide receivers, you know, maybe linebackers, but, you know, I look at the Saints as a speed team. So I think that's some things, but right now, I think also the cap situation, you know, you just have to wait and, you know, I think they're still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Well, Pat, before we let you go, JD, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. You've been covering the Saints for a while. Do you have a certain memory or thought that comes to mind other than the Dome Patrol poster when it comes to Pat Swilling? No, basically my recollection is what everybody would have a Pat. Pat screaming off the edge and getting to a quarterback. I mean, you know, Pat had edge speed that that you can't teach. Um, you know, it was it was something to behold. And I know he said, you know, he benefited a lot from Ricky being on the other side and and, and obviously Ricky benefited from him being on his side. But you know, Pat turned a corner like nobody's business. And that year he won NFL defensive player of the year. He was a terror. I mean couldn't Nobody could lay a hand on him when he lined up. And, I mean, I can't imagine what it felt like when they saw Pat Swilling over there because they probably knew not only were they going to be in for a long day, but they knew that at some point in time he's going to get to their quarterback. And they, wouldn't, and they weren't going to be able to do a whole lot about it. All right, Pat. Well, we appreciate your time coming on the show. Saints Hall of Famer, Pat Swilling, member of the Dome Patrol. Pat, we know you're a busy guy, so we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to us. Thanks, guys. And, and John, thanks for the kind words. I really appreciate it. And uh, th hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you, Pat. Okay, well, we will be getting you set for this year's NFL draft all week long on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek, not only this week, but next week as well, leading up to the draft that is going to take place on April 29th through the uh, 31st. So make sure you keep an eye on NewOrleansSaints.com. Of course, keep those updates, notifications on uh, for your app and visit NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll keep the podcast coming on iTunes and the Saints app. So be sure you're checking those out, whether you're driving, working out, whatever you're doing. I want to be with you while you're driving, while you're working out, throw in those headphones. Uh, we thank you so much for listening to us here on the New Orleans Saints podcast. All right. Well, for John DeShazer and Pat Swilling, I am Caroline Gonzalez. We will tune in again on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Be sure to keep an eye out for new episodes. We will update you on Saints Twitter at SaintsPod. 
uh, be sure to keep an eye out. All right, everyone. Have a great day.